So have you thought about the last 10 years with us turning into a new decade in a month or so's time? We decided to reflect on the 10s in terms of every part of life and have a good old chat about what we've been through what we've loved, what we've not liked, and what has just kind of been the biggest trends. So tune in to listen to see what we said. Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower, and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful, and seen. Hello and welcome to this very special episode for us and it's very special because Free and Figuring It Out, the podcast, is turning one and (laughs) we are so, so super proud and happy that, you know, we've been able to do this for a year and before we kind of go into the episode, we just want to say a massive, massive, massive thank you to every single person that has listened, that has written to us, that has commented, that has messaged us. Um, It absolutely means the world to us. Um, So, you know, spread the love, share this with your friends, tell us what you think so we can keep on producing really good content and episodes for you. And yeah, just a massive, massive thank you. So we're one one year old. One little baby. A little baby. A little baby. And um, we were having a chat about, you know, what we could do to celebrate. And it just kind of felt quite right that we're coming to the end of a decade, which is another massive kind of marker in, in people's lives. And so we thought, well, why don't we kind of celebrate by looking over the past decade and having a little reminisce and inviting you guys to also maybe just sit there and listen and really kind of reflect over the past 10 years because it's really interesting to do. And it may be fun. It may be a little bit painful. It may be a mixture. But yeah, we would love for you to kind of really get involved in this episode and and really have a think about you know, all the things that have have happened to you and and the things that you've loved and not liked in the past decade. So, Sherelle, let's go back to 2009. (laughs) Tell us, who was Sherelle this time in 2009? Oh, autumn 2009, Sherelle. Well, I tell you, this task was uh, definitely really, I don't know, an eye-opener for me. Um... It's a really vivid time for me, basically, 10 years ago. I had finished uni in the summer of 2009. So I'd literally uh, just moved to London. I'd come here to go to Goldsmiths College and study uh, my master's in arts administration and cultural policy. And I felt like the most just like full of joy full of optimism person. Like I was, I like, I'd driven myself down here. I was living in this house here that was just like a bit of a mess, to be honest, Um, that I didn't know anyone else. I didn't really have that many friends in London. Like, it was all very new. I had, like, one friend that I'd... was basically, like, I knew her 
like she was a friend of a friend of a boyfriend or something and she was coming down to do her undergrad and I was just like let's just go out all the time and like all <laughs> it was just a time where I was just like spend my nights going out and I would go to uni in the day and I just started um I had a job like a just like a part-time job that was in a dance studio in East London that was a freezing dance studio and I'd basically spend most of my weekend by myself in this room just like buzzing people in and out but I remember so when I look at it on the surface I was like didn't really have much money didn't really have that many friends like it was all a bit of a mess and I didn't really know who I was or what I was doing but it was just a really I suppose a time where I felt like everything could happen Mm. It really was like a new beginning time, um, which I think was quite nice going into 2010. And I'm like 99% sure, I always get a little bit confused, but I'm 99% sure I then spent that New Year's Eve on Waterloo Bridge, so where you can watch all the fireworks in the river. It's yeah. like the only time like I ever did it was because I, the, this friend, um, she lived quite close to the river. And we went down and I remember like watching all the fireworks and I was like, oh my God, it's a new decade. It's going to be great. Um, and I really remember like, I just remember that time in my life being probably more distinct than most of my tens to run us. Like when I think about other years, a lot of it blends in and out, but just that end bit of 2009 is really crystal clear. Mm. Yeah, and I think also, so you were 21. Yes, were 21 yeah. in my prime. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a really, well, it's a really kind of significant age, isn't it? I think for people, it, it's probably when you, I know we all turn adults at 18, but I think 21 is when you really feel like you're turning into an adult yeah. in a way. And I think because the difference was, like, yeah, I turned 18, I literally didn't have a gap period or anything, so I turned 18 and went straight to uni. And uni was very much, even though, yeah, it was my first time away from home, I'd gone far away from home. It felt very different. There was something about that that felt I was in it with a lot of other people. Like, like I spent mm. my first year in halls and all of us were trying to grow up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was a very much more community. We were all trying to get through this together. I went to a very small campus uni. So I, I was always surrounded by people. Like I never really felt alone. I never felt um, like wasn't really hard I suppose I think thinking about being by myself and like trying to be an adult and I remember like stuff going wrong and I'd always find someone else trying to help me whereas moving to London was absolutely like you're one of eight million people now do you know what mm, I mean like it felt mm. totally different in terms of like having to grow up as an adult like I lived miles away from central like I didn't know where I was like I didn't know anywhere like I had an auntie that lived in London I used to come down as a child but you know I hadn't I didn't know the city and it's a big city to get to do. <laughs> it's huge, huge. Oh, so you're <laughs> celebrating 10 years in London as well. Yes, I am. I know. Congrats. 10 years in London and it's flown by and it's weird because I don't think if I'd asked my 2009 self, I don't quite know how long I thought I was going to be here. Yeah. But I don't Isn't think it? I did think it'd be 10 years. No, <laughs> no. It's it's funny as it will. My, I think, so I, I'm a few years older than you, so I was 23 And so my life's quite a bit different, I suppose, because um, all the education stuff was behind me by that point. But I, yeah, graduated a couple of years before, lived in Nottingham. I was commuting to Leicester every day to work in the back room of someone's house on a online lingerie boutique as the marketing and PR person. Um, 
I had no money. I don't even know. I look back and I don't know how I afforded because the the train every day cost so much money. And I think I started on about 11,000 in this job and then worked up a little Mm. bit. I don't know how I survived in terms of that, but I had the most beautiful flat in the middle of Nottingham that is my favorite flat ever. I just absolutely adored it. And I had quite a lot of friends still stuck around. So I had loads of friends from uni around me. I was in a relationship. I've been in the relationship a couple of years. He worked in music venues. So all my spare time, I just was either at gigs or clubbing. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it was a very different life. I, I, it's, you know, it's when you start thinking about it, like, you know, when you said, Sherelle, like, you felt like anything was possible and stuff. I've probably gone over that bridge a little bit further than than you had because I was like 23. Um, And I think in a way I was quite settled. Like I thought my relationship was forever and I loved Nottingham. Like I've been to uni there and then just stayed there. And um, in 2009, towards the end, I actually moved um, jobs to the university and worked there. And I think I felt very content and like Mm -hmm. stable and secure. And... (laughs) I kind of feel the bit the opposite now, which is quite <laughs> funny. Not in a bad way, but I think you always assume in your younger days, you'll so feel and more, only get more stable. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've done a bit of a full circle. I've kind of gone through that yeah. stability. And then like you said, like, you know, like 2015, 16 was when my life flipped round because so many things happened. I became single, you know, everything like that. And so... I think, you know, we were saying before we came on, like, I feel like the decade is kind of a bit split for me yeah. in terms of, yeah, like five or six years, one side and, and four years the other. So, so yeah, it was, uh, it was weird thinking back about it. I have one yeah. question to ask you about thinking yeah. back. Was What was you wearing? <laughs> well, <laughs> so we said, didn't we? You were like, let's find some photos of 2009. So I went on the uh, Reliable Facebook albums. Yeah. And um, I was still an emo. Oh, yeah. So, but, but a sophisticated one. So, <laughs> like, my hair and makeup was very what you would call in brackets normal. Um, but all my, like, I, I went to Paris and everything I wore was like, uh, black and white check with like flecks of red or like stars or skulls or polka dots or things like that. So you were just made for Nottingham. So just in case, I know. <laughs> just in case someone's like <laughs> just landed this episode, I'm actually from Nottingham, born and bred. Very just you know flew by, but she's so more Nottingham than I am. Like when you talk about what you just look like, I can just imagine you walking around the square, just like I fit in next to the it. lions. Meet me at the Lions. No, whereas I was like, it was making me laugh so much when I was looking at these, some of these photos from 2009. And I like, I basically had spent most of the late noughties in what I described as a baby doll. So like a vest top that was tight around your boobs and then would float over like... A what, 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 what? A baby doll. A baby doll. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I was just, I was still, I still had some clothes that was in that style, but I was just also starting to get into wearing like oversized t-shirts or like long t-shirts that had some sort of slogan on it. Yes. And shorts. And like that, like there's so many photos of me and nights out where like, that's what I'm wearing. And I clearly, and it was just like, if it got a bit winter, 
put on some tights. If you've got a bit of summer, took the tights off. And it's like, when I look at that phase, I think, God. But also when I looked at my photos, I was like, I was so much skinnier. Like, I really I, Oh my God, I was so much skinnier. And I thought I was huge. Yeah. Like, you know, I put on a, a size like 10 in a fitting room and it might be a little bit tight. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so big. And now I think, for God's sake, Verity, what <laughs> were you on about? But... But yeah, so we're going to share some embarrassing 2009 photos <laughs> on the Instagram. So if you aren't already following us, it is free and figuring it out. So go on the gram, follow us. And, you know, if anyone else wants to send us a pic so that we don't feel like we're the only two women that seriously (laughs) had issues in our life, that would be fantastic. But we've done 2009. We've done a little flashback, 10 years. We've got in the time machine. But now we're just going to do a little bit of reflection of the 2010s, which I still find really difficult to say. But this idea of sometimes when you're in a decade, it's really hard to like identify what that decade was about. Like, you know, for example, the fact we're going to the 2020s, I just think of the 1920s. And you know, you can literally, as soon as you say it, you can see little flapper dresses, you can see the little yeah. hair. Like it's got such strong, um, like iconic things about that decade. And when someone asked me like, what do you think of 2010s? I found it really hard to try and identify much. So it's been quite a fun little task. Me and Barry had a little look at, some of the things that like other people have written about it and then we thought we'd have a little like chat about whether we joined in the trend or whether we were like hell no <laughs> yeah well Sherelle kind of sent like a few ideas before the podcast of like things to think about and I remember reading the list thinking oh my god what how do I think about it? like it just overwhelmed me like but then actually I would I would try and encourage you all to really like try and just go away and think about them because it's quite fun because then things start popping into your mind and you're like oh my god I love that film or oh that was like a song that I listened to on repeat in like that summer or you know so to try and even though at first you're like how do I do this like try and have a little think so it's it's good fun so so (laughs) what should we start with (laughs) food obviously food obviously (laughs) because I mean 2010s was all about people being foodie I mean I don't think I had any interest in food because obviously because my age probably but you know this is definitely mm. a decade where I think every single person became a foodie like I can't go on a single dating app with someone being like food um you know I probably one of my highest disposals of money goes on food you know so um obviously we can't think of the 20 the 2010s without thinking about avocado <laughs> it's why the millennial woman apparently can't afford a house <laughs> it's so true oh my god I love avocado more than most things in life and it's weird isn't it that and and I can I just say now that me and Sherelle aren't being stupid and that we don't think avocados existed before like 2010 we're just saying that these are things that came to like you know really kind of in the in the zeitgeist and yeah like like the 2010s um but yeah, I, I find it really interesting the avocado in that it's not it's not died off. No. Like, you know, it's been it's a, now a staple. It's been, isn't it? And it's so interesting, even though I do think there maybe are some little environmental issues with the mm-hmm. the amount that we want in the Western world. But um yeah, it's uh it's just literally I think it would be if you if you had to be a millennial woman and you'd just give avocado, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean when I think I think now, like, how many of my friends, we go to brunch. Like, brunch has become a big thing. And what yes. is brunch if you don't have avocado? Um, yes. Like, forget ladies who lunch. I'm a lady who brunches. Like, that's basically it. Um, and I think the avocado thing, though, is also part of, like, the 
what like the superfood green trend and I yeah. think it, you know it came as part of that where all of a sudden we got told this that and the other were all like the super healthy things and we it, we like added all those things into our diet but the avocado just seems to because it's like slipped into a normal like <laughs> like you can have it with your normal fry up I feel like if it goes to the right place yeah. so it's just like managed to like stay and it's like oh you can just add it on you know you can have whatever yeah. you want just add a bit of avocado on and it's also vegan which I think has helped because yes. veganism is probably something that has accelerated in the tens as well like yes. it's really just gone you know from from strength to strength in terms of of its like you know spotlight so yeah um, and we did talk about that a few episodes ago so if anyone's yeah. interested about veganism vegetarianism and stuff we have spoke because yeah that definitely definitely has been a big trend to the 2010s like yeah, there's a massive difference if I think back to even me being a veggie when I think about 2009 2000 now massive difference so. yeah so Sherelle what what would what would we drink with oh. our avocado <laughs> I'd be drinking Prosecco, obviously. So this pr- this is exactly what came to my mind. Honestly, the Prosecco Princess thing, oh. I would absolutely would absolutely define the twenty tens because I'm. It, I don't think by the time I'm, you know, it's twenty twenty five, twenty six. I'm. I am hoping it's sort of gone, not in a bad way. Like I love being one now, but I do think it's that thing of, uh, yeah, like having it with brunch, like just literally what t- we I was having brunch last week for someone and we we're like is it is it too early to start drinking like fizz and also for me you know I've had a job this whole this decade that's been in theatre it's been all about the champagne all about Prosecco all about anything else that's fizzers can't think what else fizzers um and Carver. but yeah Carver <laughs> I was trying to think what other things are fizz that aren't real um <laughs> but that definitely wasn't not like I wasn't drinking that in the noughties and another thing that is a definite shift for me that someone was telling me around was this idea of like how um teenagers that used to drink vodka red bull are now on espresso martinis yes oh my god I love an espresso martini but you've got to get a good one you've got to get a good one no rubbish ones it ruins it completely but I'm totally with the prosecco with you I have actually I can't remember the last time I ordered a bottle of Prosecco. I used to knock them out in London. Like you go to the pub after work and be like, let's get a bottle of Prosecco. Whereas now I'm not in London. It's Mm. not as big a thing. But the reason I put Prosecco down was because it was like, well, it's technically the poor man's champagne, isn't it? But I find when you order a bottle of Prosecco, it always feels like a celebration. And so it has that real beautiful spirit to it in the it's something special even though it became an everyday thing not (laughs) not for me I'm just saying generally but you know it's like um I think it does have that nice place in that you would never like order a bottle of carver I don't think and have that that same feeling but you would be like should we get some bubbles and everyone knows bubbles means prosecco not champagne because we're not millionaires and you know so yeah I I think prosecco deserves its place even though prosecco hangovers are absolutely hideous but that's yeah another another thing um and something that I was thinking like when it came to like fashion and clothing it's something that I'm a bit on the fence with and I don't know if I love it or hate it but I kind of appreciate it is and I think I'm saying this right athleisure oh yeah yeah so like I watched a Netflix documentary on the explain series on it and it is just like boomed in the tens oh yeah 
And even though I'm not the typical yoga pants and sweatshirt girl every day, I do like the fact I can wear that to the shop and no one will look twice kind of thing. Yeah, that fashion thing is a really interesting one for me because I like I remember a time where it's like, yeah, you wouldn't really wear your trainers in the day. Like the whole thing about wearing trainers to work, for example, was a big, yeah. that's like where athleisure really started to cut in when people would be like, no, like I want to wear my trainers to work. And what's weird for me is because actually this decade was about me being a worker, whereas the one before I was a dancer. Mm. So actually it was like, as I was coming out of my dance clothes, when it was really weird to be wearing them all the time, then everyone started to wear leggings. And I was like, you're not going to a dance class. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I don't think I've ever... I've not embraced it as much as I should have done, if that makes sense. As much as mm. I think of how comfy it is and how much so much of my life had been around that style, it's actually weird that I didn't like invest in that trend. Yeah, so what, did you have something that you loved or loathed? Um, so one of the things I w- w- was interested in uh, was I, like literally a few weeks ago, I went to see Christina Aguilera at concert. <sighs> And she was wearing, but she was still wearing all the leotards. And so I wanted to have a little look to be like, when did this become a thing that literally like pop stars just don't actually wear trousers or skirts or dresses or anything like on stage? So single ladies, which obviously was, they were all leotards, was 2008. So I'm like, we have spent a whole decade where still no one's put trousers back on or the skirt back on. that's so funny that's so and that like like little mix like pop into my head when you yeah. say things like that you know like that whole yeah genre of of kind of new pop and yeah you're totally right I mean hmm interesting maybe maybe it's really hot where all these people are in the no they live in England though. love it's not hot <laughs> <laughs> but it's just become oh. it's just the aesthetic like because actually what was interesting was thinking about seeing Christina Aguilera and thinking like you know you know when you think of um like noughties and it was like your jeans they just got lower like Britney how low can your jeans go before there's literally nothing on you so like that was there was like that era and it's like then we lost jeans altogether like you wouldn't <laughs> can you imagine seeing a pop star wearing jeans now you'd be like what like, yeah you got you're so right I've never even thought of that good observation oh I love Christina um and then we we chatted, didn't we, about like digital life, like oh, kind digital of, you life. know, and this was super easy for me. And I kind of say it in like a number of ways, but for me, it's photos. And I mean that in the sense of it became easier to take good photos as in like phones got better mm-hmm. like you didn't need a camera around with you oh like, bye bye the days of taking a little camera on a night out and then I taking know. your memory stick out and put it in your computer I know but I think I was still doing that like just before the tens like just or a disposable because I did like a disposable um but also like you know cloud storage and stuff meant then yeah. that you didn't run out of storage on your phone that you bought that you had to keep for two years um and things like sending photos so like you know no one would ever send a photo on text message because it costs like 50p oh yeah so and things like whatsapp and stuff kind of came in and allowed you to share a bit more and it just i just think photos became a lot more easier to access, easier to take, better quality, you know, obviously all the filters and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that for was me, I'd thing. say it's the generation of the selfie, like the big difference, <laughs> yeah. because when I think the big difference for me is I can tell, 
like that difference of when you had a camera and you even if you gave it to someone else to take a photo of you like like I can actually show you photos of 2009 like you can see what I'm wearing because actually people took photos of you because <gasps> actually there's now you don't know what I'm wearing half the time because it's just my face that is weird isn't it yeah oh gosh yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking <laughs> so what was kind of like the best thing about digital life for you um it was I mean not necessarily the best thing I think what I realized I suppose is like a change so like my use of Facebook totally changed you know it definitely went from a being a out with my friends at uni was all about connecting with people I actually knew was very fun um would take photos on a night out get home wait take my memory card out stick them in tag everyone Mm. to now very much more like it became for business. I actually used it less and less as like a documentation of my life. Um, and definitely moved more over onto like, um, to Instagram, I suppose, for my pictures. And moving to Instagram had a massive impact on the pictures because Facebook was absolutely just like, you could put whatever Instagram yeah. felt like it needs to be pretty. And that's yeah. why I think the picture thing changed for me. Yeah, it kind of Instagram needs to be a bit curated, doesn't it? Whereas Facebook albums are just kind of the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, a Facebook yeah. album was just like having a photo book. Like, yeah, completely. It was just like taking it to Boots and getting it printed out and you just saw what happened. You're like, okay, fine. Some of them are great, some of them are not. Don't worry about it. Whereas Instagram then became like, you got to choose your one best photo of the night to put up. Did you ever go to clubs where there was a professional photographer and so the next day yes. you'd wake up and you'd go on to like the Facebook page for that place and you'd scroll through them to see if your <laughs> photo was on <laughs> and then take yourself They'd have like good it. lighting so you'd look loads better than I know, I know. Oh. Yeah, so that was, that for me, that was a thing around that sort of change. Um, and then also I suppose it's this idea of how um, everything's gone from like to like, monthly subscriptions and like the world of Spotify and Netflix like Netflix basically still was mm. virtually in its old format then like you sent off your DVDs and stuff like that oh my gosh do you remember that I think there's be some people listen to this who didn't even know yeah, that that's so, how Netflix started yeah it started off like a DVD rental like literally yeah. would get them sent to you in the post just like so it was just the next step from Blockbusters which it ended up eventually killing but it wasn't it wasn't all online basically that was oh the next gosh. evolution of it. Yeah. So I think in 2009, it was still in its old format. Um, so I think that's interesting because I actually haven't necessarily bought into, like, I don't have a paid Spotify account. I don't have a paid Netflix account. I don't, I like really have um, like a lot of mental barriers around paying for all this stuff, like all this digital tech ongoing. I hate subscriptions. I just hate them. Um, I'd rather pay for something and like, it's mine. Like even when I think about like, I hate paying for Microsoft every month, every year now. I'm like, I hate oh, yeah. you. Like I just preferred paying for something and being like, this is mine. I own it. When it runs out, it's dead. It's fine. Um, the other thing about digital life though is the iPhone. Yes. That was, that is the noise. That is. The tens. Sorry, the tens. I'm so confused <laughs> now. Sure, struggling with. But we were just saying before, like the tens. It's very abrupt, isn't it? It's like you've got noughties, twenties, thirty, and then you've got tens just sticking in there, and it's like a bit of a funny one. But um, yes, wow, the iPhone. I mean, I'm a Apple like geek, so yeah. I, I can't remember when I got my because I would have got an iPhone three. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, I would. I probably would have got one because I think I've had about five up to now or something. So I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah, had one. So kind of coming off the back of Netflix, and I mean, Shirelle 
famously doesn't really watch that much telly. But I did but, at some point, so I do have did. a favourite. So this is what I was going to ask, like, <laughs> has that changed with, like, you know, you having your own business and, like, you know, living on your own and all yeah. that, like, so what What was, like, what were the TV shows that stood out? So Orange is the New Black for me will be. Oh, yes. Time. Because that's the one, it's the one Netflix series. So I think I, I can't quite remember when it started, but basically I watched a lot of it with one of my exes. So when we were together, so that I actually too, did end up yeah. having to finish it because I had devoted just so much time to it. Yeah. Um, but that's the one, the, the one TV show when I think of that will be the tense for me is yes, watching Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> well, I struggle with this because I just think the amount of stuff, amazing stuff that's been produced in the last ten years is mm-hmm. it's probably in terms of TV, like it's got it's got to that point where TV's taken over film in terms of creativity and yeah, you know, accessibility and stuff like you know with. Amazon and Netflix and Facebook are producing their own things and stuff like that. So I just think it's gone crazily good. And so I know there's people probably going to be screaming, being like, how can we've not said this? How can we've not said this? But I just, and I've had a quick think of the things that came to my head, not necessarily things that I love, but things that I have watched. Homeland was one yeah. of them. Game of Thrones. Of course. Say otherwise. <laughs> Breaking Bad mm. was another one. Yeah. Um, but my personal favorite and people are gonna be like oh my god you're so lame but gogglebox because, oh gosh <laughs> no don't say that but I love watching people I love the the psychology mm-hmm. of people I love the way humans communicate and and this little bit of like I'm a celebrity and you know like celebrity big brother which I would never normally watch but I love watching people interact. And I think in this day and age where everything's so digital, mm-hmm. it's quite like a beauty to watch that. So that's that's what I'm saying. But I know people are like, you are so No, a- but I still would say it's definitely uh, a show of... It's very tense. Of, yeah, it's very tense. Yeah. You know, I think there's a, a definite been a definite shift. Obviously, there are some... Um, reality TV shows that have lasted across, but they've like they've died in their popularity and stuff. Mm. Um, whereas obviously Gogglebox is definitely like a new one that has popped up onto the scene. Um, any films? Um, I found this really hard, and I actually looked at um, an article online that was top hundred films to like really get an idea of where I stood. It was on um, Insider.com. And can you guess what number one was of the tens? No. So it's called Get Out. Oh, God. I never should have watched that film. It's ruined my life. <laughs> I've never watched it. I mean, obviously, know about it. People who don't know what it's about, um, they describe it as a mystery thriller and a spot on com- commentary about race in America. Um, so but that yeah that was number one uh i'll just i'll just say for you number two was moonlight uh, number three was boyhood number four mad max and number five ladybird but oh. i always find these lists are very quite niche yeah and i'm not very niche mine that stood out for me were la la land oh. um bridesmaids what's that when was that that one um, no you okay you don't need me. to do it if you don't know um some time in the okay. tents. I'll Not find it. Film. And um, and the other one was Inside Out, which is a Disney film. Yeah. But again, 
I felt like it was a bit of a new era of Disney film in the sense that, again, it's going back to that psychology, but it really talked about humans and okay. our mindset and the way we approach life. And yeah. And how so... have you forgotten Frozen? Because <laughs> I don't have a child. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you had a child. This, see, this is the point. You might have had a child or not. That film took over. Yeah, you're right. Like Frozen... For years, like all that song, everyone's singing Late Go. Because obviously they've just, Frozen 2, it's just coming out. Um, yeah. And it's really funny. And like the um, the musical's coming out next year, I think, in London. And that that Disney film has just taken over. Like the amount, that song, like everything about it has totally, You even if you didn't have children, you could not know that was happening. Let's just say that. Yeah, no, I know. You are right. It just wasn't, you know, it's interesting what's at the forefront of your mind, yeah. isn't it, when you think of these things. Bridesmaids was 2011, by the oh, okay. way. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I love Bridesmaids, but I wouldn't. And this is the thing when you look back over a decade, is because some things that feel old, like I would assume that was noughties. Yeah. Because that must have probably been the last. So I've got it on DVD. That's how old I am. Yeah. I've got I still it. have a DVD player. <laughs> but I just assume that I haven't bought any in the last 10 years, but I must have done. Yeah. Oh, I've bought DVDs. Yeah. Anything that I love. I think the last one I bought was Bohemian Rhapsody, which is oh, another yeah. film that I need to mention, which I find is incredible. Um, and then we kind of spoke about music a little bit, didn't we? Yes. And this was probably the easiest one for me, That, but this is from, I think music becomes very personal. Yeah. And so this came because it just was the album that I listen to the most and probably most people probably haven't heard of it but it's by my favorite band called the staves and it's called if i was which was their second album and all i remember was listening to it this was in like the last few months of my relationship when everything was just falling apart and i just remember just listening to it on repeat also <laughs> reading ten's book 50 shades of gray i've never read a trilogy quicker in my life mm. and it just encapsulated a time of like loss and change and confusion and and everything for me and um I think there's so many different music trends of the tens I think yeah. it's music has moved so fast and in so many beautiful different ways um but yeah that was kind of the thing that that kind of stood out for me so yeah, for me, I'm definitely like my, I don't know, 2015, the second half, Little Mix and Fifth Harmony. And I think it's really funny, like how much I'm like still listening to the same songs that I think I just got into a very like girl power head. And that's where I basically, I think literally since I was single again, that's where I like absolutely just sat in this little world of like yeah. girls that are just all about power. Um, and it, so it's really funny that I'm like, I'm totally, I looked, we were having a discussion in the office about the top 100 songs. And the thing for me, it's really obvious about the uh, decade is like the rise of like hip hop, rap, grime, like, and I'm just so not in touch with that world at all. <laughs> like there were so many people who were like, I don't even know who this artist is. Like, yeah, that's how far out of touch I am. Well, I read an article on The Independent and it was the top 50 albums. And I was like, right, I'm going to aim to try and listen to them all. And it's basically what you've just said. Number one is Kendrick Lamar. Uh, number two is Solange. 
Number three, Lana Del Rey. So she's kind of like a foot in a few different genres. Five, four, Frank Ocean. Five, Beyonce. And then Dan, D'Angelo. I've never even heard of him. Um, Kendrick Lamar again. So it is very much that that kind of scene, isn't it? That that yeah. grime kind of hip hop scene, which is so different from the decade before. I think. Yeah. So that was really... Yeah. This has definitely been the. It's been the decade. It's really like risen up. And obviously, I think maybe I feel it more as well because I live in London. And obviously, mm. there's a lot of London artists are in it. But I just feel like actually it's become much more mainstream than it would have done like 20 years ago. Just yeah. to obviously say, obviously, I still love Beyonce just because you said mentioned her album. I still do listen to her, but not, I don't think, to the extent that I did in the noughties. In the yeah, no, I, I, like, I'm the same. She was my girl. And yeah. she still is. And I've still been to loads of concerts, but I don't, um, yeah. Whereas before, I think in the noughties, I would have been like, she was the only thing. She was my, also maybe Rihanna. also like Rihanna this decade. Um, yeah. Well, I do need to to say that um, I've I realised how to prove my love for Katy Perry. Oh yeah. In that when I was going through my albums, and I'll I'll share these on Instagram, I found photos from 2009 from Katy Perry's first tour, where I went to see her in Birmingham Academy, which is a 3,000 person venue wasn't even sold out and she was like I if I could have if I wanted to I could have easily got to the front and probably touched her yeah and like that was 10 years ago so wow. that's that's crazy like you know how so that's a true love there so <laughs> and obviously in between uh you having listened to that song on repeat you mentioned about 50 shades of gray mm. which I definitely would say is one of the biggest fiction uh franchises I don't know what you call it series yeah. like trilogy to come out in the 2010s and there's really interesting I remember reading at the time so I actually did read it whilst I don't really read much fiction at all I think a friend had given it me and was like oh you should read it and it sat on a shelf in my spare room and then I was going home for Christmas and I was like Sherelle just take the books with you and I like you said I read them really quickly like they're not very mm. difficult to read so you know I read them all back to back but what was really interesting was that um the author just shot to fame so quickly mm. and when I was reading about like just the sales numbers of it they were saying that the reason why it's so successful was she came at the perfect point of when everyone had a kindle because it meant that people could read it on like yes. their commute and, stuff, and no one knew what they were reading yes you're so right you are so right and that yeah that I think the kin I feel like the kindle maybe rose in the tens and died in the tens in my own opinion <laughs> I don't know I only got one because I couldn't hold a book on the central line yeah easily and then as soon as I moved out of London I I went back to books because I, I actually hate the Kindle I absolutely despise it like I just want yeah I mean I've never book. I've never had one no I just no. yeah it's not, not for me I love a real physical book in my hand but it was just really interesting to think that that's the thing sometimes something can boom just because you're at the perfect time mm. and actually the technology like because um the technology got to the point where it enabled her to be able to have something that was slightly risque and something that a lot of mainstream people wouldn't necessarily want other people to know they were reading completely so it's like yeah it's really interesting it's alignment baby alignment oh yeah so, totally. that was our little whiz through the last 10 years <laughs> gosh it, it's really it's a really interesting exercise to do and I think it's quite 
yeah nice and reminiscent to do but we then thought we'd like think a little bit about the future as well so um, the 2020s which sounds so much better I'm so excited to say that (laughs) it's so much more just like like nice around the tongue isn't it so um yeah so first of all Sherelle like what what are you predicting for kind of the next 10 years or so hover cars <laughs> I was saying to Rosie earlier, literally, I'm like, how many years do we keep saying, you know, in the future, we're going to get hover cars. We're finally going to get hover cars. So obviously, I'd be an idiot not to predict that we're going to have hover cars. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll, we'll totally go with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the one that I'd actually really like to happen that I don't think is going to is teleporting. Like, I really want someone... <laughs> To make oh it my happen. gosh, you're really going like blue sky with this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, because I really want it. I'm like, I just, I think like we all we're getting more and more global, but it still feels like really hard work to get to the places. Like, I want it to be easier. No, no, no. That's like my idea of hell. I know because you, you lose like the preciousness of time and no. you know it. Because one of the things I was thinking about was like, will we see the return of the Concorde? Because I'm always upset yeah. that we took it away. I think we need to be able to get to Australia quicker. I don't care. We need to get a Concorde from London to Australia done. Mm, I disagree, but I know I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from. But yeah, I, I quite like the beauty of the slowness of something still. Because I do yeah. think, so like the just going back to Netflix thing, like the fact you had to request a dvd and wait for it and send yours back and then wait and now you can literally watch film in three seconds like we've lost that the the patience bit but anyway that's me being an old grandma um the thing that i'm predicting is a real change in social media so i was gonna say the demise of it i don't know maybe that will happen towards the end but i think the way we use it is going to change i think I think maybe platforms, even though it's a search engine, not social media like Pinterest, are maybe going to go rise a little bit more because it's much more about the content rather than the likes and the comments. And the. Mm-hmm. I just feel we're, there's going to be a tipping point with social media in terms of the damage it's doing to us as humans and our minds. And, you know, yeah. so I, I mean, I hope. It, it happens we've already started with the no likes on instagram and things like that i still that. have got my likes you just do my head in they're still there they're still no, no. i've got no it says like so and so liked it and i know and everyone says it's happened and everyone says it seems to happen in the usa and i'm still sitting here with my likes so i don't know what's going on i've updated the app so i'm just doing nothing <laughs> but i think what you're saying about social media is really interesting um recently i went to bloggers fair conference that's all about bloggers and influencers and they were talking about like what's going to happen between like the different sizes of influencers and this idea that there was a time where you know when um we first switched over from like celebrity endorsements where we knew it was people that were getting paid for doing it and we went into this influencer world and we thought oh that person is just like me and we brought into it mm. everyone wanted to be an influencer and now they're like we're going to start to see a really big shift because actually there's too many people that want to do it that unless you can make a certain standard of quality, you're not, it's not going to be sustainable careers anymore. And actually so much more about it is going to be around like, yeah, how informative people are and, um, you know, people that really bind people and they're showing you how to use it. So you've got a different like 
aspect of life but in terms of like whether it is really really niche people that just help people in a really specific thing mm. and that's more likely to carry on than these big people with like hundreds of thousand followers because basically now they're just celebrities and we all know it's fake so yeah we're going to lose our trust in those people I do think realness is going to come back and I think politics is going to look very different in 10 years time because I think we're at a breaking point with it in most of the leading Western countries. I think uh, veganism and plant-based eating is probably going to rise and, you know, like, and also, you know, environmental concerns is going to yeah, just I was going to say, I think keep, yeah, the environment is going to become a bigger and bigger concern. I think we've obviously this last decade has already been one where people are much more I feel like now there's a sort of a strain which is we know we need to do more but we've liked the way we've been able to live do you know what mm. I mean so it's like mm. we know we shouldn't be using that much coal and oil but you know it's nice for us to turn your heating on <laughs> like we know we shouldn't be using that much plastic but it's easier and I think we're going to start to see people being like no like we have to forego a bit of the ease of our life just yeah. based on the fact that we are ruining the world and we have got an episode coming up soon so if you are someone who's interested in like environmental and sustainability stuff stay tuned we're gonna have a guest because we do know it's gonna be really important going forward yeah and we've all got there's so many little changes we can all make in our life to make it better yeah definitely and Sherelle for yourself what Um, what do you envisage for the future (laughs) oh gosh this one was a funny one I was thinking about it I'm like because I think when I think to the end I'll be this is gonna be my 30s basically and you're like by the time we finish I'll be 41 oh <gasps> old lady so you know oh my I, god don't say that that's so not old it just feel old it it's does. not old you'll be in the prime <laughs> well I will be for some things and I won't be for others um so you know I hope that I buy a house I really hope I get to buy a house in the next decade um I hope that I do manage to like fall in love with someone and have a life partner um I hope to read lots more books (laughs) I want to start documenting much better how many books I read I feel like this year I've just done myself a disservice so I'm like dedicated to um reading more books and actually documenting better getting back on my book blog um yeah that's a, a bit more important to me um and really helping like thousands more women to start their own businesses one of the things I was saying that I do foresee for the next 10 years is we're going to see the con- like the continual rise of more people starting their own businesses and employers also having to change the way they hold talent um like we're going to see more and more people leaving the decentralization of cities I think mm. the big thing like people are priced out of London and you know I'm sure it's pretty the same when you have conversations with people like in New York and in Paris and you know all these cities where it's just got too much and it's like talent for so long has had to move to the big city to be able to get the work but actually we're going to start seeing people being like no the quality of my life is more important than living in a city that's like running me into a ground yeah yeah no I think I think yeah, there's a lot more factors to it, isn't there, that you've got to think about in terms of your career. Like, we all have to think how that's changing and, and yeah. the macro stuff around us and how that will affect us. Um, for me, I want to be married to my girlfriend and have some babies. And I don't know where I'd live, um, but I'm pretty certain I'll be a self made millionaire by the end of 
in 10 Woo! years. Oh yeah, she said that, sad time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think, and through that, um, obviously be fulfilled in, in business, but also start to try and set up some projects like back in my hometown and things like that, where I can really start to help like social issues um, in certain places. So yeah, that would be, and, and I think actually, on a side note, on a physical note, to have the strongest body I've ever had because I've always struggled like having an exercise regime and all this, but now I'm kind of 80% plant-based and it feels good and I'm starting to slowly get into more physical kind of activity. I'd like to, um, you know, really be at like my peak mm. of, of kind of physical fitness. So. I'd just like to say that I saw JLo perform and she was in her <laughs> 40s after she's had the twins yeah and I remember thinking damn if I look that good in my foot she was just like you know you're just like oh my god you are unbelievably hot the way you're dancing clearly you've got to be in such good shape that I was like it's, it's totally possible like yeah. I think that's one thing that's different I think that now I do think you can be really healthy and really strong and like physically in your body that like I know what you mean about you're not getting old because actually, yeah, when I think of Jo forty, she wasn't. But I think it's just when I think of like other things, it just makes me feel a bit I old. Know. I, know, I just think it's because I, I feel like how if we settle down old, like that's the sort of thing that I think makes me feel a bit old rather than. I know, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. We can choose what we want to be, and I think, you know, maybe to everyone listening, just take a little second. I, you know, as we're finishing up this podcast, to have a think what you want in the next ten years. You know, what do you want to achieve? And um, we're actually going to uh, be doing um, some episodes on goal setting. Um, so you know, make sure you listen to those um, in the next few weeks to really have a think about what you want to achieve for the next year and for the next 10 years um and let us know tell us what's come up for you are you screaming at us going how did you forget this yeah honestly i want i want i want want people to get in touch with us like you can drop us an email to free and figuring it out at gmail.com or as we said earlier you can find us on instagram on free and figuring it out i want to see people pictures of like what they look like in 2009 i want to see your favorite outfit of the 20s of the noughties the 10s oh my god what is wrong with you your favorite outfit of the 10s i want to see you like i want to see whoever prosecco princesses we've got who went to brunch who was like hell no did i read um 50 shades of gray because i'm living that dream already like i want to see all of it we want to i think it's really been really fun to look back because i think it's really easy like to always be looking forward and i think you know both me very able to admit like you know we're both ambitious women that are always like Onto the next thing, we're looking forward, we're doing stuff. And it's just been really, really interesting to look back over a whole 10 years and just be like, what has happened? Like, we really do need to be like appreciative of like one, probably how much you have grown and like and how much you have changed. And yeah, sometimes that might be it might make you feel great, and sometimes it might not. But the fact is, like, you have learned lessons and really starting to appreciate all the great things that happened to you in that decade. Um, understand why things happened and take those lessons with you into the next one ahead is really valuable and just have a bit of fun like you know we're never going to have a time like we've just had it's going to be different in for many different ways so just send us in all your pictures of the stuff that makes us feel like oh we were all part of something because that's the thing actually a time in life really to bring people together I'm sure hopefully 
we've sparked some things in your mind so drop us an email or um, tag us in your instagram and let's spread all the love for all the wonderful things that happened in 2010 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next instalment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.